everybody. Welcome back to the Tipsy Ghost. We're your tipsy hosts, Sarah, Sarah, and Lindsay. Hey, guys. Hi. So in the spirit of our Salem witch trials slash haunted... What? Haunted holidays. Haunted holidays. This is the finale of our haunted holidays. Maybe by the end of this, I Merry will understand Christmas, it. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> Wait, does this come out the week of Christmas? It comes out on Christmas. <gasps> Merry, oh, Christmas. Merry Christmas to those who celebrate Christmas. Tipsy Ghosters. Okay. I like it. Well, I have a movie suggestion for you guys. Is it a Christmas or a spooky movie? It's more to do with uh, probably Thanksgiving. <laughs> you are too late with your movie recommendations. Please save for next November. Next year. I can't. I can't because it'll be gone from my brain and it's just not that great. But I need you guys to experience it with me. Wait, did you just say the movie is not that great? Yes, I did. Okay. Can't wait. It's on Hulu. It's a Hulu original. It's called Pilgrims. <laughs> that sounds like a Thanksgiving movie. <laughs> It does. Is it about pilgrims? Uh-huh. uh-huh. Well, kind of. It's set in modern day. Oh, okay. And the family has a group of actors that act as pilgrims come live in the house for Thanksgiving for like oh. several days. This sounds wrong. Why did you watch this? Because it said it was a horror movie. Is it horror? I haven't gotten through the end of it. It's really taken a lot for Wait, me to get through half of it. You haven't even finished it and you're telling Can us to I watch d- it? That's how great it is. I've, is it a Hulu her. original? Yes. Yeah. I watched a Hulu original. I was like, what the hell am I watching? What was it? It was amongst one of the top five worst movies I've ever seen. But like, same. What, I better than deal. the Winchester House one? It, it's right up there with Winchester House. So it's called Pilgrims. I'm looking it Just up now. It's called Pilgrims. Pilgrims. <laughs> Pilgrim horror movie Pilgrims. 2019. Pilgrims. A woman invites Pilgrim reenactors to stay with her family over Thanksgiving, but things turn deadly when the actors, in quotation marks, <laughs> refuse to break character. Oh, no. Thumbs down. Are you ready to get started on part two? Yes. Tune in to last week's episode for the part one of the Salem Witchcraft Trials. This is going to be part two. Do you know, like how I say witchcraft, Salem witch trials? Witch trials. Salem witch trials. Not the witchcraft trials. Well, they are accused of witchcraft. They didn't so. crafts. They weren't actually witches. It was not like sundries. A- <laughs> the Salem sundries witchcraft trials. What accent are you putting on in this I'm trying to use every accent I can besides German. The We're a melting pot. Crafts and sundries. <laughs> Give me a Gaelic accent. Of Salem. Because there was a Gaelic if I could hear it once, I might Goody be able lover. to. Isn't it like close to Irish? Gaelic? It, well, uh, like Welsh? They are from Ireland, I believe, but I don't know. Okay. Disappointed. Anyways, this is part two of the Salem Witch Trials. Yes. All right. We're going to continue on our timeline and pick up where we left off, which is July of <laughs> 1692. I'm laughing because I wrote 1962, which I told you I struggled with. Yes. Same. <laughs> so... As we mentioned several times before, the arrest and examinations continue on. At this point, Rebecca Nurse, who was accused in our first episode, and remember she's an elderly woman who was very godly, church-going, probably didn't do anything wrong, but um, she was accused of witchcraft because she couldn't answer a question during her trial. That she probably didn't even hear. Yeah, she probably didn't even hear it. But she was um, excommunicated from the church at this time. So poor Rebecca. That's probably all she had going for her at this moment. Oh, Becky. Becky. (laughs) 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 We've been doing this a while. July 19th, Sarah Good, Elizabeth Howe, Susanna Martin, Rebecca Nurse, and Sarah Wilds are executed by hanging. 
Sarah Good curses one of the clergymen from the gallows, saying, quote, If you take away my life, God will give you blood to drink. Which, Hell. side note, it's said that this particular clergyman... <laughs> clergyman? Clergyman. <laughs> what? Uh, clergyman. Mm-hmm. It just sounds more weird. The t- Okay, anyways. He died unexpectedly years later and was um, supposedly hemorrhaging from the mouth. Mm. Just as she said. Choking on his own blood. Maybe she was a witch. I don't know. I don't know. I think that out of all these people, somebody had to be a witch. Maybe. July 23rd, John Proctor, he writes a letter from jail to the ministers of Boston requesting to have the venue changed to Boston or to have new judges appointed. He also said that they should consider not using spectral evidence. And I will point out that I believe that his son was tortured in front of him. Um, and I think that that's kind of what prompted this whole letter. So I just feel bad for everybody that had to go through all this business. August 1st, a group of Boston ministers led by none other than Increase Mather. Increase. He and the group of Boston ministers meet to talk about John's request that he's made in this letter. They changed their mind on spectral evidence and they said, no, it probably shouldn't be used. But also these are witches. So do what you got to do. Cool. Which has got a witch. Thanks, Increase. <laughs> Thanks for really clarifying that. That did nothing. No. Um, a few of the accused are able to escape and make their way to New York City. They got the hell out of there. August 5th, George Burroughs and several others go to trial. George, remember, he is the minister. From that, Maine. Yes, was originally from Salem Village, went to Maine for nine years, and then came back. Right. He at this point was openly defying the Puritan theology, which was a big no, no. And basically saying that there was never any witches and he believes it's baloney. I, I think those are his words. Team George. Yeah. But unfortunately he was also found guilty along with John and Elizabeth Proctor. And Elizabeth was given a stay of execution though, because she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. August 19th. This was kind of a big day in history. Cotton Mather increases son. Mm-hmm. traveled from Boston to Salem Village to witness the hangings of John Proctor, George Burroughs, and a few of the others. And it was said that no witch could accu- accurately recite the Lord's Prayer. And when I say accurate, I mean like absolutely perfect with no missing words and absolutely perfect pronunciation. Right. So they'll just like catch you on anything. But George, he stood at the gallows with a noose around his neck and recites the Lord's Prayers just perfectly. So this kind of created just chaos amongst the crowd. Like they were like, well, they said that they, yeah, they shouldn't be able to do this. So they started to protest the hanging. Well, Cotton Mather spoke up against it and said, no, just remember, he's not an ordained minister. And he assured the crowd that he's guilty as charged and should be hanged. And then George was hanged. What a dick. Cotton was a real dick. Yeah. Not a fan. The next day, Margaret Jacobs recants her testimony against her grandfather, and George Burroughs. But it's a little too late, Marge. Yeah, too late. Thanks for recanting oh the day after gosh. he dies. Yeah. These people... I didn't realize it was his granddaughter who accused him. Yeah. Well, I think several people, but she was one of them. She writes a letter saying that she was told that she had to confess and she would be saved or don't and she'd be sent to prison and hanged. So take your pick. What's it going to be? I mean, yeah, they're... 
<laughs> not giving them real exactly solid choices to right. choose from. September 8th, another group of people are arrested. And one way to determine if they're a witch at this point was to have one of the girls who were being attacked by the witches be blindfolded. And then they put their hands on the accused. If they then fell to the floor and had fits, then that group was obviously full of witches. Mm, so The swarm. Here we go. More obvious ways to determine witches. September 9th, Giles Corey. He's accused of witchcraft by Mercy Lewis. He refuses to plead guilty or not guilty. This is actually the main problem for Giles, unfortunately. He recognized that everyone before him was found guilty. At this point, I'm not sure anybody was found not guilty, to be honest, mm-hmm. except for Rebecca, who was then found guilty like 10 seconds later. Right. They took it back. <clears throat> exactly. He just decided he wasn't going to play into any of this business. So they decided that they would try to force a plea out of him. So September 17th through the 19th, Giles Corey is laid on the ground and then heavy rocks were placed on top of his body. After two days, they asked him if he was ready to confess and his response was more weight. It took two days of loading him with rocks before it killed him. And look, I know none of this is like a great way to die, of course, but being pressed to death over two days is especially awful. I feel like it's a different kind of stoning than what I've heard of. So yeah, I mean, totally different. Weren't they actually like thrown? Yeah. They used to just throw stones at you repeatedly until you died. Not this. They just laid them on top of his body, but he was never convicted of witchcraft because he was extremely stubborn and just never pleaded one way or the other. Nope. So this kind of like sparks a movement. So his death is kind of important. People are starting to see what like he didn't say one way or the other. Yeah. This feels wrong. Yes. Now it's starting to feel a little weird. And remember, John spoke up a while ago, but Mm -hmm. he still died. But he's a witch, so. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So September 22nd, Giles' wife, Martha, also refused to confess, but was hanged three days later along with seven others who refused to confess. So this is starting to become a trend. Nobody's confessing now. We're just going to hang them. Right. They also refused to accuse their neighbors so that they could be safe. So that was the other thing. Like, if you were not, to, if you were to say not guilty, you would say, I'm not guilty, but, but Lindsay's guilty. And then that would go to them. And so then, then you they wouldn't were, get punished. Exactly. So this time they were refusing to uh, plead guilty, but also refusing to place the blame onto others. So they were seen as martyrs of the group who were resisting the witch hunt. And it turns out there was like kind of a secret group forming of these people that were all kind of starting to realize that, like you said, something's not right here. Maybe this is bad. We're killing people who aren't confessing. But they also had to wait for the right moment to say something because obviously if you speak up at that time when it was just pure chaos, then everybody dies. And you're going to be accused just like John Proctor. Right. So this was kind of the last group of executions during the Salem witch trials was with Martha, Martha and the other seven. Yeah. So at the end of the month, the court of OT stopped meeting altogether. That was the end of September. Now we're starting in October. So like Sarah said, this was kind of the last of the hangings. So October 3rd, Reverend Increase Mather, he denounces the court's reliance on spectral evidence. So basically, he's one of the first to actually, I know other people have said, like like John Proctor said, spectral evidence should not be used, but Increase Mather is the first to actually get the court to start to see the light of day here. Right. October 6th, uh, Dorothy and Abigail Faulkner, they're released from prison after paying 500 pounds on their own 
uh, to the care of John Osgood Sr. and Nathaniel Dane Sr. So because they're women, they have to be released to men. Of course. Mm-hmm. Right. So Stephen Johnson, Abigail Johnson, and Sarah, another Sarah, Carrier, they are also released on this day after paying 500 pounds, and they are cared for by Walter Wright, Francis Johnson, and Thomas Carrier. So male family members, basically. October 8th, influenced by increased Mather and other ministers, Governor Phipps, he's finally stepping in here. He orders the court to stop using spectral evidence in all proceedings. Did and he finally get back from England? He finally got back from England. And he was like, it's all right, late, listen here. Governor. No more spectral evidence, period. Jeez. He's like, wow, things really uh, <laughs> took a turn while I was gone. <laughs> like, things whoa, escalated. I don't think we should do this spectral evidence. It looks like a bad idea. <laughs> to be fair, it does I love probably... you guys in charge. <laughs> <laughs> it does probably take several months to get from England to Massachusetts. I, I guess so. Who the hell did he leave in charge while he was gone? <laughs> hmm. I don't know. hell in a handbasket. So finally, people are starting to be like, okay, this can't be used as evidence, but kind of too little, too late at this point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot of people have died. A lot of people have died. I don't want to say too little, too late because it saved a lot of lives as well, but it, it was did, a couple months what, too late. 19 people or something have yes. already died? It was a couple months too late. Yeah. Um, so that was on October 8th. On October 12th, yeah. Governor Phipps writes to the council in England that he formally is halting all proceedings in Salem. October 18th, 25 citizens, including Reverend Francis Dane, write letters condemning the trials and send it to the governor and to the general court. So finally, people start getting a little bit bold. October 29th, after about a month, Governor Phipps orders a stop to any more arrests. So he's already said, like, no more trials, no more proceedings. But now he says no more arrests. You can't arrest someone for witchcraft. (laughs) Which is interesting because, like, they were just accusing everybody. So now they're just like, well, I guess you're not a witch anymore. Yeah. I mean, you can accuse, but I ain't going to arrest. Yeah. You look weird to me, but it's fine now. You're not a witch anymore. Right. So he also orders some of the accused to be released. And another petition to the Salem court is on record. And it doesn't really say what date, but we know that it's in October. But more than 50 neighbors petitioned on behalf of Mary Osgood, Eunice Fry, Deliverance Dane, Sarah Wilson, and Abigail Barker, stating that their faith and integrity and piety... And claimed that they were all, like, innocent, basically. Saying, right. These are upstanding women of the church. They are not witches. Um, so this petition protested the way that many had been persuaded to confess under pressure. They protested what they were charged with. And they protested saying that no neighbors had any reason to even suspect them and that these charges were false. It's kind of nice because people are finally starting to stand up once they realize, though, that there's no arrests. Well, also that they're not alone. Right. There's more than one of them. Right. Yeah. And once they know that there's going to be no, like, retaliation is when they start standing up. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, they were scared shitless earlier. Yeah, it is. So November and December. Um, in November, Mary Herrick reports that the ghost of Mary Eastie visited her and told her of her innocence. It's oh, like the one it's nice like the opposite. form of spectral evidence. <laughs> it's spectral evidence, but it was the opposite. Yeah, it was yeah. the opposite. November 25th, Governor Phipps, he establishes a superior court of judicature. Yeah, that sounds right. Sure. I don't know. So he establishes this superior court to handle any remaining trials of witchcraft. In December, Abigail Faulkner Sr. petitions uh, to the governor for clemency, and she is pardoned and released. December 3rd, Anne Foster, who was also convicted and condemned on September 17th, she dies in prison. Rebecca Eames was um, in prison at this time, and she petitioned the governor for release. 
She retracted her confession, so she was one of the ones who had confessed. Probably out of fear. Oh, I'm sure. And she stated that she only confessed because she had been told by Abigail Hobbs and Mary Lacey that she would be hanged if she did not confess. Yeah, exactly. You really don't have a choice. You don't have a choice. If you want to live. Yeah. December 10th, Dorcas Good. Oh, Dorcas. The five-year-old Dorcas. Dorksheba. <laughs> She's back. <laughs> she was released from prison <laughs> after oh, a 50-pound fee. So everyone else had to pay like 200, 500. She only had 50 pounds. Aww. But she had been it's in prison for nine months. Poor baby. Five years old, and she was in prison for nine months. I heard, too, probably on a documentary that she kind of like, lost her mind in there i'm after a little sure while. can you imagine a five-year-old being in prison made <laughs> no. for adults it's a rough time heart. to be a kid at <laughs> salem anyways but like how can a five-year-old be a witch like i just don't understand it so the good news is dorcas is finally released after nine months oh thank goodness she has no parents but okay yeah her mom's dead she's got a dad her Does dad she? who threw her mom under the bus I thought he was gone. But okay. No, he's the one who said, hey, she got There's a mole Bill. on her back. I remember. Yep, Bill. He's seen her from behind. Yeah. <laughs> that's what's going on. <laughs> yeah, he did. Stop. <laughs> he saw that mole. <laughs> the, the witch's teat. <laughs> We're making Lindsay uncomfortable. <laughs> You're making me very uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's just what happened. How else would he know that she's got a mole on her <laughs> there back? There are lots of innocent reasons why he might have seen her mole on her not back. Not in Puritan times. There's not. <laughs> December 13th. <laughs> okay, fine. Moving on. A petition is sent to the governor, the council, and the general assembly by the prisoners in Ipswich. There are some prisoners in Ipswich at this time, and they sent a petition to the governor and the council and general assembly like, hey, don't forget about us. We're here. We'd like to be <laughs> We're released. We're still here. <laughs> December 14th, the next day, William Hobbs, who up to this point has maintained his innocence, he is finally released from jail when two men paid a bond of 200 pounds to help him out. He left town without his wife and his daughter because they had confessed and implicated him and thrown him under the bus. Good. So he gets out and he's like, I'm leaving. Like, I'm done with everybody here in Salem. Screw you guys. (laughs) So he left town without them. Okay. I don't blame him. It's time to start over. It's time to start over, Billy. December 15th, Mary Green. She is released from jail on a bond payment of 200 pounds. December 26th, several members of the Salem Village Church are asked to appear before the church and explain their absences from the church because (laughs) they haven't been going to church. Where have you been? (laughs) They have to appear before everybody. Uh, Ma'am, I was accused of being a witch and held in prison for eight months. Not excused. Not a good enough. One of them Get was out of here. Francis Nurse, which is Rebecca's oh, husband. For God's sake. Like, of course he doesn't want to go to the church who just killed his wife. They excommunicated Rebecca. Get out of here. They excommunicated her and then hanged her. Yeah, and he's like, why haven't you been coming to I'm church? I'm going to go on back. <laughs> this is like a great supportive community. These are my people. Yeah. <laughs> um, what is interesting is that all of these members of the church who had to explain their absence are all men. Oh, so I'm thinking it's, I mean, I have a long list of names, but I'm thinking it's probably the husbands, families of the accused. All right. So 1693. So that was the end of 1692 in December. So we're moving on to the next year. It's a new year. Uh Uh-huh. There's some change coming. New year, new Salem. I like it. New Salem. Who dis? Ooh. That was their slogan. <laughs> <laughs> in 1693. <laughs> 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 in 
pantaloons. <laughs> and their pamphlets. Yes. In church. They had a banner it. across the church. <laughs> New Salem who does. Their sacred undies. <laughs> New Salem who does. On their chastity belts. <laughs> belt buckles no they're shoe buckles <laughs> oh you know those yeah. little like book covers that you put on like textbooks <laughs> yeah they had that for their bibles oh it said I new salem who so this much. did they make the um the what was that stussy what? s what did you ever make that the three oh yes. oh yes i didn't know that's what it was called i didn't know called. that's what it was called either. really yeah stussy oh, i'm pretty sure it's called stussy oh i believe you i just didn't know that random I didn't knowledge know it was called something and now I know. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. Was a uh, we were talking about the book covers oh, originally created New, Year, in New Salem, New, Di- New Salem, who dis? the Bible book covers with the Stussy S, yes. gotcha, gotcha. alien S for Salem. We got there. <laughs> okay, sixteen ninety three. This town would have been so cool if we were there. <laughs> you guys would have been the kids of witches, like the first people. <laughs> And what's worse, Boyd said you would have denied it. Sarah would have owned up to it immediately. I'd be like, yeah, that's true. You found me out. I don't know what you're talking about. You're wrong. Lindsay's a witch. I saw her back. She's she got, got the teeth. She's got teeth. She got back she got teeth. Back. You guys would have been accused that I would have been going to Maine. I would have been going somewhere far away. All right, so 1693, Cotton Mather publishes his study of satanic possession, which is called The Wonders of the Invisible World. Increase, Uh Papa Mather. Father Mather. (laughs) He publishes a book called Cases of Conscience Concerning Evil Spirits. He denounced the use of spectral evidence in trials. Um, Rumors start circulating at this point that Increase's wife was about to be denounced as a witch herself. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Um, in January, the Superior Court tries Sarah Buckley, Margaret Jacobs, Rebecca <laughs> Jacobs. That's like the 10th Sarah. <laughs> and Job Tukey. They had all been <laughs> indicted back in September and were all found not guilty. Charges were dismissed for many others at this point as well. So I know we've talked about, you know, the hangings and the people who've died. So 19 people were hung. 25 died total because Giles Corey, he was pressed to death. And then five others died in prison. But there was way more who were imprisoned who yeah. weren't sentenced to death. Yeah. So they're dismissing cases that were imprisoned. Um, 16 more people in January are tried. 13 are found not guilty. Three are convicted and condemned to hang. And that's Elizabeth Johnson Jr., Sarah Wardwell, and Mary Post. Another one? Mm-hmm. So I know, like, what they said about we're not arresting anybody. We're not going forward with the trials. At this point, they are trying the people who are still in jail because they're either trying them or pardoning them. Of those 16, three of them were sentenced to hang. Two more were found not guilty. That was Margaret Hawks and Mary Black uh, were found not guilty. Candy, who was an enslaved person, was cleared by proclamation, and she returned to her household where he paid her jail fees for her. So a lot of these people were not released from jail because they couldn't pay their jail fees. You know, 200, 500 pounds was a lot of money for them, especially when they've been in prison for months and months and months and can't make income. So 49 of the accused who were imprisoned were released in January because the cases all relied on spectral evidence. Ah, spectral evidence. So we're still in January. Reverend Francis Dane, he writes to fellow ministers that knowing the people of Andover, quote, I believe many innocent persons have been accused and imprisoned. 
He also denounced spectral evidence. Um, several of his family members at this point had been accused and imprisoned, including his daughters, his daughter-in-law, and even his grandchildren. His daughter was Abigail Faulkner, and his granddaughter was Elizabeth Johnson Jr., and they had both been sentenced to death. So January 3rd, William Stoughton, he orders the execution of the three sentenced on the first, which was Elizabeth Johnson Jr., Sarah Wardwell, and Mary Post. He also orders that others whose executions had not been carried out yet to be executed. And these were people who, like you said, Elizabeth Proctor was pregnant, so her execution was delayed. So the women who were pregnant, they are now no longer pregnant because they have delivered and he's ordering for them to be hanged. What a real turd. Yeah, pretty much. So Governor Phipps, he pardons all of these people named instead. Okay. And Stoughton, he responded by resigning as judge because he was like, look, fine. I don't want to be a judge anymore anyways. You're not going to follow my rules. He was a real jerk, honestly. January 7th, (laughs) Elizabeth Hubbard, she testified for the last time. So like I said, she was one of the first who was afflicted. She was 17. She was allowed to testify. So she testified 32 times. And so finally, January 7th, she testifies for the last time. January 17th, a court orders a new committee to be selected to govern Salem Village Church on the grounds that the previous committee had not raised their minister's salary. What? How dare they not raise his salary while they're killing people left and right? Mm -hmm. It's coming back to the salary, huh? So January 27th, Elizabeth Proctor, she gives birth to a son, John Proctor III, naming him after his father. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Proceed. It's a tray. (laughs) Um, so John Proctor, like we said, had been hanged on August 19th, so he never got to meet his son. Um, Elizabeth's original sentence of execution was not carried out because she had been pregnant, but she remained in jail even after delivering the baby. Jeez. So Sarah Cole, Lydia and Sarah Dustin, Mary Taylor, and Mary Toothaker are tried and found not guilty by the Superior Court. Mary Toothaker? Toothaker. <laughs> it's tooth and then acre. Okay. There it is. Toothaker. Toothaker. So they were found not guilty, but they were held in jail because they cannot pay their bond or their jail fees. Okay. So again, before the money process, yes. Yeah. You're not guilty, but you got to stay so you can pay us for holding you against your will for something you didn't do. It all makes sense. I love it. March, uh, Rebecca Eames is released from prison. March 18th, residents of Andover, Salem Village, and Topsfield. They all petition on behalf of several people. I'm going to just kind of briefly list their names. Rebecca Nurse, uh-huh. Mary Eastie, Abigail Faulkner, Mary Parker, John Proctor, Elizabeth Proctor, Elizabeth Howe, and Samuel and Sarah Wardwell. So they petition on behalf of all of these people <clears throat> asking for the court to exonerate them for the sake of their relatives and descendants. So what is ironic here is that all of these people have been executed except for Abigail Faulkner, Elizabeth Proctor, and Sarah Wardwell. So basically they're like, look, we know you already executed them, but can you exonerate them so that way their relatives and descendants don't have to live with us over their names? Yeah. March 20th, Abigail Faulkner Sr. Um, Her execution had been delayed because she was pregnant. She gives birth to a son that she names Ami Ruhama, which means, quote, my people have obtained mercy in Hebrew. Oh, wow. Which I thought was just very... It was very telling of her to name her child that while she was in prison for something she didn't do. Talking about mercy. In April, the Superior Court meets in Boston, and they cleared Captain John Alden Jr. They had heard a new case of a servant that was charged with falsely accusing their enslaver of witchcraft, and they were like, we're not doing this in Boston, too. 
So they cleared that. In May, the Superior Court dismisses the charges against more people, including Mary Barker, William Barker Jr., Mary Bridges Jr., Eunice Fry, and Susanna Post, who are all found not guilty. Governor Phipps, he formally pardons those that are all still left in prison in Salem. He orders them released, if they can pay their fines, and formally ends the trials at Salem. And during this time, they start having elections for the general court as well. And finally, in July, Robert Eames, who is the husband of Rebecca Eames, dies. A couple months after his wife gets out of prison. So much death. So much death. And, like, again, I just can't imagine all these people are pardoned and excused, but they still have to stay in prison until they can pay their fees. Yep. Which is ridiculous to me. Things were still tough after the trials. The circumstances were very well summarized in the book, The Witchcraft of Salem Village. I thought you were going to say they were summarized well by us. <laughs> us too. We did a good job. We did a good job. Yeah, you guys, number one, this book, number two. Okay. Yes. That sounds right. And it said, the whole colony, <laughs> moreover, had suffered. The people had been so determined upon hunting out and destroying witches that they had neglected everything else. Planting, cultivating, and the care of houses, barns, roads, fences were all forgotten. As a direct result, food became scarce and taxes higher. Farms were mortgaged or sold, first to pay prison fees, then to pay taxes. Frequently, they were abandoned. Salem Village began that slow decay, which eventually erased its houses and walls, but never its name and memory. I mean, I believe Mm. it. People were literally fighting for their lives. Yeah. And nothing else. Right. So since the trials ended, the colony experienced a lot of setbacks, such as droughts, crop crop failures, smallpox (laughs) outbreaks. Ignore her. Just keep going. Attacks from Native Americans. (laughs) That was rude. People began to wonder if God was punishing them for what they did. I mean. I can't say. I wouldn't say God (laughs) punishing them, but maybe it's some karma. Yeah. I... I don't know if it was was just a rough time. Everything sucked at this time and life was hard. I mean, smallpox was probably always going to be around. (laughs) I don't know if it was to clear their name with God or because they truly felt bad. But soon, several people began to speak publicly about how ashamed and remorseful they were for what had happened during the witch trials, which is nice to say after the fact, like, oh, man, it really sucks that I did that. But right. I feel bad that we acted like such Too jerks. Too bad I didn't say anything when it was going on. I could have saved someone's <laughs> life. Here we are on December 17th, 1697. Uh, then Governor Stoughton issued a proclamation. And this is going to be back in 1697 language. So buckle in. <laughs> it suggested that there be a observed a day of prayer with fasting throughout the province so that all God's people may be put away that which hath stirred God's holy jealousy against this land that he would help us wherein we have done amiss to do so no more and especially that whatever mistakes on either hand have fallen into referring to the late tragedy raised among us by Satan and his instruments through the awful judgment of God, he would humble us, therefore, and pardon us all the errors and people that desire to love his name. That was difficult to follow. <laughs> <laughs> that was difficult to read. Basically, he's asking for a day of prayer and fasting to repent for what they have done. And That's it? For... One day? Okay. I got one day. 
Yeah, and so on January 15th, 1698, they held a day of prayer and fasting. Strong yep. work. Thank you. It was called the Day of <laughs> Official Humiliation. Humiliation? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yep, and on this day, Judge Sewell, one of the judges from the trials, as well as 12 of the jurors came forward to apologize for their roles in the witch trials. Judge Sewell set aside one day a year to fast and pray for forgiveness until he died in 1730. Sounds like kind of like a day of remembrance, honestly. Yeah. Uh, The other judges never admitted that there had been a miscarriage of justice, believing that they did what they thought was best for the colony. Hmm... In 1702, the Massachusetts General Court declared the trials had been unlawful, and the next year, in 1703, legislature passes a bill disallowing the use of spectral evidence in court trials. So it's no longer a thing. You can't do it. It only took how many years? Yeah. I was going to blame Sarah for things she's done in her spectral (laughs) form. Listen, I've already said my my spectral is lazy. (laughs) Her spectral broke into my house and stole my money. (laughs) My spectral is practicing German. (laughs) It is. In 1706, one of the afflicted, Anne Putnam Jr., issued a public apology for her own role in the witch trials, particularly uh, in the case against Rebecca Nurse. Mm. This is another quote. Oh, here we go. All right. Hang in there. She said, I desire to be humbled before God for that sad and humbling providence that befell my father's family in the year about 92, that I, then being in my childhood, should, by such a providence of God, be made an instrument for the accusing of several persons of a grievous crime, whereby their lives were taken away from them whom now I have just grounds and good reason to believe that they were innocent persons, and that it was a great delusion of Satan that deceived me in that sad time, whereby I justly fear I have been instrumental with others, though ignorantly and unwittingly, to bring upon myself and this land the guilt of innocent blood, Though what was said or done by me against any person, I can truly and uprightly say before God and man, I did it not out of anger, malice, or ill will to any person, for I had no such thing against one of them. But what I did was ignorantly being deluded by Satan, and particularly as I was a chief instrument of accusing the good wife nurse and her two sisters I desire to lie in the dust and to be humbled for it, in that I was a cause with others of so said a calamity to them and their families, for which cause I desire to lie in the dust and earnestly beg forgiveness of God, and from all those unto whom I have given just cause of sorrow and offense, whose relations were taken away or accused." So what I'm hearing is she really didn't take sorry, not much sorry. responsibility for it. <laughs> She's like, it was me, but it was also other people. But and I didn't know what I was doing. She was it saying, was Satan. Yeah. She was saying it was Satan using her and kept saying their lives were taken from them. No, yeah, I their lives why. were taken from them because of you. So in 1711, 22 of the convicted were exonerated by the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. They also paid a total of 600 pounds in restitution to the families. This converts to just over 90,000 pounds or $109,000 today. But that had to be split among the families. Yeah, it's probably not that much money. 
some families didn't even want their family members listed so not everyone was named at the time mm. they were just like eh, i mean it happened but we're, we're done here it also wasn't even an even split um one of the largest settlements went to william good for his wife sarah oh, boy oh, william you and your whom the he testified yes what did it and it's for his Poor daughter, for Dorcas. Dorcas, Dorcas, who was imprisoned at four or five. Mr. Good said that Dorcas's time in prison ruined her and that mm-hmm. she had been no good after that. I'm sure that it piece did ruin her. He is. Yes. I'm sure it did. He got the most money. But also, yeah. sir, why weren't you fighting to get your five-year-old out of jail for nine months? He probably accused her, too. So in 1712, the Salem Church reverses the excommunication of Rebecca Nurse and Giles Corey. In a little too late, too little too I was late. I say once they're already executed. Okay. Yeah. Well, whoops. In 1716, England holds its last trial for witchcraft, and this included a woman and her nine-year-old daughter. Mm. In 1736, England and Scotland abolished the persecution of witchcraft. Finally. Wow. Oh. In 1752, Salem Village changes its name to Danvers. The yes. king actually tried to overrule this, but the village was like, thanks for your input, but um, we're Danvers now. <laughs> thanks for your thanks, input, but, but we no don't thanks. care. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to start a revolutionary soon. You just don't understand. <laughs> um, hang on. Revolution a revolution. <laughs> hang on tight for um, just a... It's going to be revolutionary. 20 years. <laughs> All the usage of revolution. <laughs> However many ways you can say it. So many ways. Yes. July 4th, 1804. This is before the Declaration. This is now after. Oh, wait, you said 1804. Sorry, you skipped like 100 years. I wasn't prepared. Okay, the last time we were, the last year we were in was 1752, and now we're in 1804. Happy birthday, America. Here we are. Sorry, here we are. We are still a young country. 1804, famous novelist Nathaniel. Hathorn yeah. is born in Salem. He is the great great grandson of one of the judges for the trials, John Hathorn. But Nathaniel, the, the examiner, one of the Johns, one of the Johns. Yeah. Nathaniel ended up adding a W to his last name, making it Hawthorne, but the name that we're all familiar with today. Yeah. Many say that he was embarrassed by his ancestors' actions, which don't blame him. Who wouldn't be <laughs> right? And he did it to kind of distance himself. Sure. Don't blame him. Interestingly, I didn't remember hearing this ralph waldo emerson was a descendant of mary bradbury one of the accused did not know that he's a philosopher poet essayist smart yep. guy like him very All smart, guy. smart guy in 1957 jumping to a year that Ooh. my brain can comprehend here we are here we are back in the <laughs> the land of the now i know Okay. Um, the state of Massachusetts officially apologized for the Salem Witch Trials. <laughs> it took that you long. You know what? We're really sorry. You're like, oh, well, you know what? By the way, that was bad. almost 300 years ago, but Whoops. we still feel really bad about that. And they cleared the name of some of the remaining victims, not okay. mentioned from the original bill in 1711 that cleared 22 of the victims. So a few more were cleared in 1957. And then in 1988... Boston City Council proclaimed November 16th, Goody Glover Day. So she was that... The Gaelic woman. Gaelic-speaking woman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In August of 1992, on the 300th anniversary of the trials, the Salem Witch Trials Memorial was unveiled. Finally, on October 31st, 2001. How mean. Yes. 
The state amended the 1957 apology and cleared the names of the remaining unnamed victims, except for one. Somehow the name of Elizabeth Johnson Jr. was missed after, in, after a talk given by historian Richard Height. A group of middle school students in North Andover, Massachusetts, took it upon themselves to clear her name. She was the last one, and they're like, oh, no, that's sad. And so thanks to them, she was finally exonerated in May of 2022. I remember hearing about that. I mm-hmm. remember that, too. It was big news then. Yeah. The site where the hangings took place was officially identified in 2016 as Proctor's Ledge and is a small wooded area between between Proctor Street and Pope Street in Salem. And a memorial at that location was unveiled in 2017. The Salem Witch Trials ended up helping to shape and contribute to changes in the United States court procedures. So this includes guaranteeing a right to legal representation, Mm -hmm. the right to cross-examine one's accuser, and the presumption of innocence rather than guilt. Little is known of the lives of the afflicted girls after 1692, Um, but the most is known about the life of Betty Paris, one of the afflicted daughters of Reverend Samuel Paris. Mm -hmm. Betty was married to a shoemaker in 1710. She and her husband went on to have five children, and she died in 1760 in Concord, Massachusetts. Several of the other afflicted girls just disappear from historical record entirely. Others appear in court records as troublemakers. Uh oh. Don't say. Listen to these. Mercy Lewis is noted as having a child out of wedlock. (gasps) Mercy. Mercy Short was excommunicated from her church for adultery. Oh boy. Mercy. And Sarah Churchwell is recording uh, recorded as having engaged in premarital sex. Sarah, the scandal. Wow. All mm-hmm. three of these women. Where were the men accused in any of these? Oh, they're, it's not their fault. Oh, okay, yeah. It's, they were seduced. <laughs> yes. They were, their the ankles was showing. Their ankles was showing. Gosh, those dang ankles. <laughs> Maybe the so forearms, too. Oh, boy. I bet the wrist. <laughs> a little bit of a, a collarbone. Oh, you, no, mm. that's gone too far. <laughs> scandal. <laughs> Also, Anne Putnam would never marry and ultimately died of unknown causes nine years later. Because she wasn't married. Reverend Samuel Paris apologized for the role he played in it all soon after the trials were over, but there was continued conflict in the church, and he was eventually forced out. Um, His enslaved person, Tituba, was one of the first to be accused and among the last to be released in jail, and she was released in the spring of 1693. Wow. And he sold her once she was released, and then she disappears from the historical record. I don't know what happens to Mr. Indian. So we say, like, oh, the 80s were a wild time, but honestly, the 1690s were a wild time. I do not want to go back to that time. Absolutely not. This is, like, one of the first big government cover-ups, too. It was. It's, like, a big big conspiracy like you it said it never though, happened like at the beginning of all of this they were making things up as they went well they were making things up but also like as things went along they were like ordering them not to record things during court and some people mm-hmm. were secretly so they only have they have very few records of what actually yeah. happened 
Or was it accurate? Hopefully, but I, mean, I don't know. At this time, we weren't a country. We right. didn't have laws. We didn't have just a fucking free for all. Just barely colonies. Yeah. England right. is governing us, and England is so far away. I blame. I blame England. <laughs> yeah. For I the mean, witch panic. This is what happens when you leave certain groups of people alone. I mean, if I ever had time travel, I would not go. Unless no. you want to be a fly on the wall. I don't even want to be that close, to be honest no. with you. Like, Unless I have, like, an invisibility cloak. <laughs> yes, there you go. Y'all would have been, inc- like, accused right away. Oh, a thousand percent. <laughs> Sarah and I, would sh- she would show up in her Birkenstocks. I would show up in my, like, Matter of fact, leggings. I think we were the first two Sarahs there in that first group. <laughs> we were the Sarahs. You were Sarah we are the Sarahs. Sarah Osborne. <laughs> yes. I do. I do think so. I also, I watched a really there. good documentary on the... Um, History Channel or a Smithsonian Channel about how they were discovering where Proctor's Ledge is because mm-hmm. they didn't know for the longest time. And even when we were taking that history tour, they were talking about Salem Village and mm-hmm. they, they think didn't know it's yeah. this far away. And you can go there and they have a memorial there for the victims. But really, their bodies were just dumped into an open ravine. Right. Yeah. And it's been so long that there's no way to discover if that is accurate or not but they're basing it off of like what a testimony was written 300 mm-hmm. years ago from seeing somebody from a hill um anyways that's a really good one i know we're done talking about it but if you're interested in it still you should check it out okay it's called america's hidden stories salem secrets um and it's on youtube under the smithsonian channel and there is also one from the history channel called the salem witch trials nice both very good perfect all right guys thanks so much for tuning in this week to part two of the salem witch trials and week four of our haunted holidays we finally got it happy happy haunted holidays happy Happy haunted holidays haunted holidays guys thanks so much for (laughs) tuning in this week we will catch you next week for our first episode of 2023 woohoo yay new year who dis it's still us (laughs) it's not salem (laughs) it's still the tipsy ghost hi we're here hi (laughs) still us you can always find us at thetipsyghost.com with our socials linked from there or send us an email at thetipsyghost at gmail.com please give us a five-star rating and a great review anywhere you listen to podcasts we really appreciate it and it really does help all right guys thanks so much we will catch you next week okay bye. bye bye